welcome to Pulling Focus, the radio program that zooms in on what's happening in independent cinema and moving image culture in Philadelphia and beyond. This morning, we'll be celebrating the over 40 years of repertory film programming that's taken place at the International House of Philadelphia while looking ahead to its future with a new name. Joining us in the studio today, we'll be talking with Chief Curator Jesse Pyers from the iHouse, now the newly named Lightbox Film Center. In celebration of this new name change, they're going to be having a special launch event uh, this week on Thursday, and they're going to be hosting uh, filmmaker Allison Anders in person to present a special screening of her film Gas Food Lodging. So to get us started this morning, we're going to take a listen to some film score music from some Allison Anders films. So get ready and enjoy Pulling Focus.
check one too. Only now they're just more than a few. Rappers, MCs who boast and they brag. A bag full of hits, cause the shit will never lag. As I rip it, I wreck it, so check it. Yo, D, bust the fat rhyme, both the fat rhyme. hop, what? It's the logo. Keep the game to the PG and the logo. As I reminisce over this and that. Yo, oh, where we gon' take them?
You're listening to Pulling Focus here on WPPM 106.5 in Philadelphia. Good morning. This is Gretchen Clausing, your host here on Pulling Focus. That was uh, Dave Alvin uh, doing his version of uh, Border Radio. That's the title track from the debut film uh, by Allison Anders and uh, her collaborator, um, Kurt Voss. And we're playing songs from films by... Uh, American independent filmmaker, Allison Anders. We're doing that because she's actually going to be in town this Thursday, uh, May 18th, at the newly named Lightbox Film Center, a.k.a. iHouse. Before Border Radio, we heard something from PJ Harvey. That was Rebecca, and that was from Allison Anders. Um, probably when I think her last feature film uh, before she kind of dove into doing a lot of uh, television directing, but that was the film Sugartown. And then we started the set off with Hey DJ from Lighter Shade of Brown. That was from the Movida Loca soundtrack. A Lighter Shade of Brown was a Mexican-American hip-hop duo from Riverside, California, and they did a couple songs uh, for that soundtrack. A lot of Alice and Anders' work always kind of looked to putting uh, women, particularly young women, young women on the fringes, kind of in the forefront. And also her work always seemed to kind of have some various touchstones with popular culture, popular music, things happening in the kind of punk or LA club scene. Uh, so she was, she was always a, I don't know, she's just, she's just cool. So I'm actually looking forward to having a chance to, to see her and hear her talking about uh, what she's been up to and to help you know, kind of make this all happen is the the folks at the Lightbox Cinema. And joining me in the studio today to talk about what's going on over there is Chief Curator Jesse Pyers. So I've known Jesse a really long time. Both of our histories here in Philadelphia uh, film uh, kind of exhibition go back to the I Houser. And now, now, now is Chief Curator there, which is really awesome. He has organized uh, numerous film screenings, including Free to Love, The Cinema of the Sexual Revolution, which was a month-long series exploring commercial and underground films associated with the sexual liberation in the 60s and 70s. Most recently, he has been exploring the connections between between experimental cinema and contemporary art. And he co-curated the program Pop Cinema Art and Film in the US and UK, which was presented at International House in 2011. He's curated for the ICA at the University of Pennsylvania, Slout Foundation, Vox Populi, the Fabric Workshop, Light Industry, and Union Docs in New York. So Jesse, yay, thank you for being a guest here on Pulling Focus this morning. Welcome. Thanks, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so let's let's kind of zoom back a little bit. Let's take a little kind of look, and before we kind of get into all this, this cool new stuff that's happening, why don't we just think a little bit about kind of the place that International House has held in kind of repertory art, house film scene here in Philadelphia over the years. What do you think it, its its place is? Um, I think it's always offered a, a kind of wonderful alternative to certainly, you know, the, the mainstream commercial cinemas and, and even, you know, some of the other kind of art houses. I mean, what's always distinguished International House uh, has been this very... Um, you know, it's 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 a it's a curatorial model started by Linda Blackaby, of course, uh, in the '70s uh, and carried on into the '80s. That um, you know, there's really a, an interest in expanding this 
conversation about cinema and cinema culture uh, internationally, but even just you know looking at films uh, domestically as well that that are um, incredibly innovative and unique, and, and you wouldn't see any other kind of cinema. In preparation for our conversation this morning, I, I well, actually, even a couple days ago, but when we were getting ready, and I, I emailed you, and I was like, oh, wait, I know what I'm going to do, because here on Pulling Focus, we also play soundtrack and film score music. I decided to take a look back, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to play songs from uh, great moments in iHouse films. And so, you know, the pack rat that I am, I went to my filing cabinet at home and pulled out all the old schedules and started looking through and realized how, um, you know, obviously I worked there, so I was deeply immersed in it. But just in general, um, just the, the you could see the various waves of, of, of film and, and paying attention to things. And when people are looking at Hong Kong cinema from the 80s or looking at Czech cinema from the 60s and 70s or Iranian cinema that we were kind of showcasing in the 90s, you know, and it was just, um, to me, holds an incredibly important place for exposing things that we wouldn't be seeing anywhere else. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, in, in preparation for our kind of relaunch and, and uh, kind of rebrand, you know, we've, we've been digging a lot through the archives and refamiliarizing ourselves with, um, you know, past programs. And it's always exciting to see, you know, the, the, just the, the broad range of stuff that was presented there. And also to kind of see how, uh, some of those filmmakers and some of those films, you know, kind of come around again and are rediscovered by a new generation or recontextualized a little bit. And so it's really exciting. It's funny. I was just um, talking with another former colleague of ours from from iHouse and I was, well, I'm old, so, <laughs> <laughs> but I was sort of lamenting the fact that I can't go to a video store necessarily and try and find some of these titles. You know, there's a lot of films that I would like to go back to, but they're just really, everyone would think, oh, but you can find everything on the internet, but in fact you can't. And so for me, that's why a place like I House Lightbox is important because it it gives us an opportunity to actually see these things again and to see them as they were intended, like on the screen with an audience. Let's talk a little bit about like sort of now in the in the place that I House holds. Like, how do you think the the art film and 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 sort of cinema culture has evolved? And is there you know what what is the the role that I House needs to play right now? I mean, I think it's a good point that you mentioned about, you know, streaming and everyone is under this impression that, you know, everything's available on the internet. And and in some ways, it's true if you're really willing to dig and dig deep and, and spend a lot of time tracking things down. Of course, you know, in, inevitably, you're going to end up with a, a, a copy of a copy or who, who knows what, you know, what what the source material is. So um, and, and ultimately, like you said, I mean, seeing something on the big screen is really how cinema is supposed to be experienced. So, um, you know, that's something we pride ourselves on. We, we continue to screen things on 35 millimeter and 16 millimeter film, um, but we could also do digital as well. Um, so it's, I think it's really amazing how, you know, while I've been there for, for many years, just seeing, you know, time and time again, um, you know, younger folks continuing to come in and want to have a cinema, a proper cinema experience and, and kind of discover these, these things that we, you know, as, as we've worked there for you know, many years, you know, we maybe take for granted someone seeing a Godard film for the first time, you know, but I mean, it's, it, people get really jazzed about seeing Godard or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, they're, they're kind of perennial favorites and yeah. Why don't you sort of just describe Lightbox and where it is, you know, um, Talk a little bit about the theater itself, you know, give people a picture. 
Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, well, it's it's um, it's it's located within International House, which is a, a kind of larger dormitory for international students. Um, and it's on Penn's campus, but we are not affiliated with University of Pennsylvania, with it, which I think is something that people always assume we are, although we do collaborate with many of the departments at Penn. It's a 350-seat theater, which is um, challenging to fill that theater <laughs> quite often. Um, but that's, you know, the, the space kind of dictates uh, that's what we've got. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, we've, we've, we're a nonprofit. We've been presenting films for, for decades now uh, and really trying to cover a, the broadest range possible of cinema. I mean, since, since I've been there for it's about 13 years, I mean, I, I had my time in the 90s, but, but since coming back, <laughs> uh, it's been about 13 years. And, uh, you know, I've really been excited to just, you know, push the boundaries and really um, explore all the possibilities of what we can do and how, how we can, you know, expand the conversation around cinema. You also collaborate with a lot of other organizations, other festivals. Why is that important for you to do? Um, I think, well, for, certainly we want to connect ourselves with the larger kind of arts and culture landscape in Philadelphia. Um, so we're always looking for ways to, um, you know, to, to partner and collaborate. Um, but also I just think that for me, again, you know, um, cinema is is a much bigger thing than we assume. I mean, you know, people think it's just going to the movies on a Friday night, you know, with your popcorn, but f- fine art, dance, performance, uh, you know, video, I mean, all of these things play a huge part. Music, of course, um, you know, are, you know, are connected in some ways to, uh, you know, moving image art and, and cinema. So I really want to find ways to connect to, you know, say it's a gallery or it's, um, you know, a, a performance space, you know, if there's ways that we can work together. So why don't we um, kind of in preparation to talk about uh, gas food lodging, I thought we might just take a listen to something from that soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack, if you can find it. So we're going to take a little listen to this uh, song by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I've seen your fairground hair, your seaside eyes, your vampire tooth, your little truth, and your tiny lies. And I Trembling hand, your guilty prize, your sleeping limbs, your foreign hymns, and your midnight cries. So dry your eyes and turn your head away. Now there's nothing more to see, and now you're gone.
listening to Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds performing Lament, featured in the soundtrack for the Allison Anders-directed film Gas Food Lodging here on Pulling Focus on WPPM 106.5 in Philadelphia. I'm your host, Gretchen Clausing, and I'm joined here in the studio with Chief Curator at the Lightbox Film Center, Jesse Pyers, and we're talking about International House, Lightbox Film Center, it's 40, over 40 years of history of presenting independent and international uh, film in Philadelphia. And we're talking about a celebration that they're going to be having, a launch party this coming Thursday in celebration of a rebrand of and a new name. And they're having a special guest director, Allison Anders, uh, who is a an American film and television director, is going to be here in person presenting the 25th anniversary screening of her film, Gas Food Lodging. Anders spent her teens hitchhiking across the country Uh, Her experiences, uh, she credits those with giving her raw inspiration for her cinematic portrait. She was a grad of the UCLA School of Film, Theater, and Television, and she made her feature writing and directing debut with Border Radio. We heard something from that earlier. It's a study of the L.A. punk scene in collaboration with her two classmates. Gas Food Lodging was then her first solo feature film. It premiered at the Sundance Film Festival and earned a New York Film Critics Circle Award for Best New Director. And the film received five Spirit Award nominations, including Best Director and Best Screenplay. And actress Feruza Balk won Best Actress Award. And I remember we screened Gas Food Lodging. It was the opening night film, I think, at the Philadelphia Festival of World Cinema. Um, then produced by International House. And I just remember her. We were so excited to meet her because she just seemed so rocking and cool. And she showed up at the opening night and she and I both were wearing not quite the same dress from Urban Outfitters, but pretty close. So that made me feel cool too. So anyway, before we talk about 
Allison and Gas Food Lodging. Let's talk about like Box Film Center and kind of this rebrand of International House. Like why did you feel that that was important to do at this time? I think we just wanted to capitalize on this this great history, this great legacy that we've had, but but also, um, you know, I just felt like people people knew, you know, in, in Philadelphia, in the community, that, you know, they certainly knew about this film program, but it was always a little amorphous. Like, you know, what is it? Is it is it penned? Is, is it in that building? What is, what's in that building? Why is it happening there? Who's it for? You know, there, there was just a lot of... Um, Confusion, and I think partially because you know International House is a large organization with a lot of other you know moving parts. So, um, and as as I've been there, we've done more ambitious programming. We've we've really um, gotten a lot more funding uh, and recognition. So it just seemed like a good time to clarify that program and make it a little more distinctive and identifiable to to an audience, and particularly um, you know individuals who might not be in the city who might be coming to Philadelphia and say like where's where's the cool film spot like mm. oh it's lightbox you got to go to lightbox cool so in celebration of this rebrand you're having a, a launch event so when is that tell us about that so it's uh this Thursday at 7 p.m and uh it's a screening of like you said of, of gas food lodging with Allison Anders uh and she will be here and actually following the uh screening she'll be in conversation with another uh, filmmaker Elizabeth Subrin, who who just recently presented her uh, feature debut um, called A Woman Apart, and um, which I, I felt was was good to you know I, I know that they they have a connection from they've, they've known each other for a while, but it seemed like a good time to have these two women filmmakers talking about uh, being a woman filmmaker, um, and uh, you know one with a kind of you know film that's was a classic, a breakthrough, an indie breakthrough, and one you know that's a more contemporary look at um, uh, you know women filmmakers. So, um, so that's happening after the screening. There will be a reception following that discussion with food and drink and revelry. And DJ, too. And right? DJ Lizbot, yes. Yeah, so guess. hopefully there'll be – is it dancing music or is it just kind of hangout, chill I, music? We, or? I think we, we – given that the film is from 1992 and, and we, we – I, I said we should definitely dig into the, the early 90s and try to find some connections to, to uh, the film and, and just that period musically. So – who knows what will okay, happen. Okay, awesome. It should be an interesting conversation because in looking at Allison's recent filmography, you know, things are still hard out there for women directors, even given sort of some of the recent success of like Ava DuVernay or people like that. Like, you know, she's really, I think when I look at Allison's filmography, she's doing a lot of work in television, which is great, but she's not necessarily doing a lot of feature film work. So I'll be curious to kind of hear uh, what uh, both her and Elizabeth have to say about that. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. And You're very welcome. I thought um, I'm going to dedicate the rest of this program to playing uh, music from other kind of moments that I remember from working at International House films that we screen there. And, and I honestly, I wish I could have. There were so many that I wanted to get to, but I realized it's actually quite challenging to find soundtracks for a lot of the incredible films that we may have been showing from Cuba or Czechoslovakia or Iran. And so I'm going to probably have to go come back to this uh, at another time after I've had been doing some more research. But I figured we couldn't talk about the history of film at International House and the Neighborhood Film Video Project without... Uh, and I want you to help me set this up. So uh, we're going to play a little bit of um, some music from Sun Ra. But could you actually talk about, uh, Jesse, what, what it is that we're, we're going to play? So in the late 1970s, uh, a filmmaker, Robert Muggy, um, 
decided to make a documentary on uh, Sun Ra. Sun Ra, the great uh, free jazz musician at this point, was was living in Germantown and um, was looking for locations to, to shoot this film. And somehow, I, I'm, I'm assuming Linda may have, have encouraged this, uh, the, the band ended up on the roof of International House on a, what, from what I understand, was an incredibly hot day. <laughs> Robert tells the story of the, the tar on the roof being kind of sticky uh, when you walk on it. But um, so the, the band, uh, 10 plus musicians in full costumes uh, performing on the roof uh, is probably the, the, one of the, the highlights of the film A Joyful Noise by Robert Muggy. It's awesome. And, and, and Robert Muggy, I think, was a, a good example of how International House actually helped support local independent filmmakers and was really for many years and, and I think still continues to be. But but at that particular moment was was really like a, a hub for people that were working independently. And um, International House showcased many of his films over the years. And so, I, yeah, I think it was probably like a natural like we want a roof that's high <laughs> up in the sky. Linda Blackaby, can you help make this happen? And so. Uh, yeah, it's 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 awesome, and I will try and put a, a link up to this on my Pulling Focus uh, Facebook page. Uh, you can also listen to this show and future shows on our Pulling Focus Mixcloud page. But again, Jesse, I want to thank you so much for being here. It's fun to kind of reminisce and remember uh, what uh, all the kind of different things that we've seen on the screen at International House, and uh, we're going to head out on this uh Excerpt from uh, Bob Muggy's film, Sun Ra, A Joyful Noise. Mythology, astro timeless immortality, astro thought in mystic sound, astro black of outer space, astro natural. Darkness dark, astro reach beyond the stars. How to enlist, enlistness, astro black cosmo earth. The universe is in my voice. The universe speaks through this song to those of earth and of the world. chance find your place among the stars get in tune with outer world with multiplicity harmony equational melody horizon speed astro black and cosmo dark astro black and Cosmo Dog, Astro Black, and Cosmo One day it will happen, could be happening now, that a voice from another dimension will speak to Earth. You might as well practice and be prepared for it. (laughs) 
darkness, and darkness was ignorance. Along came wrong. When the world was in darkness, and darkness was ignorance, along came wrong. As coisas grandes e pequenas que nos formaram e estão a nos formar, todas e muitas, Deus e o diabo, vidas secas, os fuzis, os cafajestes, o padre, a moça, a grande feira, o desafio, outras conversas, outras conversas sobre os jeitos do Brasil, outras conversas sobre os jeitos do Brasil. Nossa nova passou na prova, nos salvou na dimensão da eternidade. Porém, aqui embaixo a vida não era metade de nada. Nem morria, nem enfrentava o problema. Pedia soluções, explicações. E foi por isso que as imagens do país desse cinema. Entraram nas palavras das canções Entraram nas palavras das canções Primeiro foram aquelas que explicavam E a música parava pra pensar Mas era tão bonito que parasse Que a gente nem queria reclamar Depois foram as imagens que assombravam E outras palavras já queriam se cantar De ordem, de desordem, de loucura De alma à meia-noite e de indústria E a terra entrou em transie No sertão de Ipanema em transie No mar de Monte Santo e a luz do nosso canto E as vozes do poema Necessitaram transformar-se tanto Que o samba quis dizer O samba quis dizer Eu sou o cinema O samba quis dizer Eu sou o cinema Aí o anjo nasceu Veio o bandido meteorando Hitler terceiro mundo Sem essa aranha fome de amor E o filme disse Eu quero ser poema mas quero ser filme, e filme, filme Acoçado no limite da garota 
ser a Vera Cruz E o samba agora diz Eu sou a luz Da lira do delírio Da alforria de Chica De toda a nudez de Índia De flor de macabeia De asa branca Meu nome é Estelinha É inocência Meu nome é Osso Antônio Vieira Conselheiro de Pichote Super Outro Quero ser velho de novo eterno Quero ser novo de novo Quero ser canga bruta e clara-gema Eu sou samba, viva o cinema Viva o cinema novo ไอ้บายแพมอรกบองสดำโศกโคฉลองฉลายนั้นตึกเพียงก็ครึ่งก็ครึ่งกระหำเฉียงเรียบเรียงจีเรื่องมวยแสนสรนอง ตัวทั่วโซเสียงกว่าอ้ายหาลองตึงเพลียงเรียงถนอมลมแพงสรองสรอนอสรอนอบอเลอทรณีเพลียงจุงจอมเดยนาสรีนัวลอง เรียมไปตรอกองเช้าไก่ชอวีกระซ้อมกระซ้ากรุ่มนิติผู้ไม้รอดมันนี่อาจจะได้สมเลงตึงเพลียงจีเอียงซ่อนดอมบอมเปีย
play that. It was a, a, a documentary that they screened at International House, now the Lightbox Film Center, back in 2015 as part of a sound on screen program they did. The filmmaker was there in person, John Perosi, and it was a sold out house. Uh, that film was also an award winner at uh, a recent Philadelphia Asian American Film Festival and uh, won the first ever uh, Vijay Mohan Honorary Award. Uh, so remembering our, our dear friend Vijay here uh, on WPPM. And you're listening to Pulling Focus. I'm your host, Gretchen Clausing. Every other week, I'm joined by someone in the studio to talk about what's happening here in, in local film culture while spinning soundtracks and sound scores. So this whole show is kind of dedicated to the the, the incredible f- over 40-year history of screening repertory film here in Philadelphia of International House, now known as the Lightbox Film Center. Before the song from Don't Think I've Forgotten, which was, I should tell you, uh, Under the Sound of the Rain, performed by the silky uh, sounds of Sin Sissamouth. And before that, there was not so much a, a soundtrack song, but it was something that I felt was appropriate. Um, it's called uh, Cinema Novo. It was a song performed by uh, Brazilian artists Gaetano Veloso and Gilberto Gil. And it was in honor of all the important Latin American film that was screened at International House. They'd actually gotten a, a pretty significant grant to do a whole series called Latin American Visions back in the early 90s. And so that was a bit of a tribute to that. And then, of course, we heard some Sun Ra, uh, an excerpt from the film A Joyful no- Noise by filmmaker Robert Muggy. And it featured not only the orchestra and Sun Ra, but the the really haunting vocals of, of June Tyson. Again, you're listening here to Pulling Focus on 106.5 FM here in Philadelphia and to continue in the music and kind of keeping in the in sort of a reference I guess to uh, Allison Anders who was kind of our featured director this hour because she's going to be here in Philadelphia in a couple days presenting the 25th anniversary of her film Gas Food Lodging. I thought it would be fun to play something from Vim Vendors who was one of her mentors. She along with her fellow two other fellow UCLA uh, film students uh, were production assistants on Vim Vender's film Paris, Texas. And I think that experience really ha- had a lot to do with how she developed uh, her own voice as a filmmaker. I had the opportunity to uh, see a series of early Vim Vender's films at the International House back in the 90s, one which really stuck with me, which was called Kings of the Road. Uh, in looking back at the iHouse history, Vendors was actually in person in Philadelphia presenting that film uh, back in the 70s. So we're going to take a listen to uh, now um, something from this uh, group called, um, oh, what were they called? They were called <laughs> Improved Sound Limited, and they did all of the uh, instrumental music for uh, Kings of the Road by Vim Vendors. So here we go.
Once are you 
That's the haunting sound of the grand dame of the theremin, Clara Rockmore, playing George Gershwin's Summertime. And that appeared in the documentary Theremin, Electronic Odyssey by Stephen M. Martin that premiered at the International House. Also, we heard from The Tune, which was an animated feature film by Bill Plimpton. The song Home, which was written and performed by Maureen McElnor, his collaborator on that project. Uh, again, The Tune was a painstakingly uh, animated feature film where Plimpton reportedly uh, colored and animated every single cell in that film. And then we started off that set of music with Suicide Road from Kings of the Road, directed by Vim Vendors. You're listening to Pulling Focus here on WPPM, and I'm your host, Gretchen Clausing. If you want to find out more about what we're up to, uh, want to listen to past shows, you can go to our Mixcloud, Pulling Focus on Mixcloud. Uh, become a, a, a supporter, a friend, a follower of us on our Pulling Focus Facebook page. I will be putting up some clips uh, from and some photos from early International House Days on, on my Facebook page. And also just uh, you can hit us up on, on email at pullingfocusradio at gmail.com if you have suggestions for future shows that you would like to recommend. One thing that has been much discussed and anticipated uh, or maybe dreaded by some is the return to the airwaves of David Lynch and Mark Frost's Twin Peaks. Yes, the third season of this seminal early 1990s uh, television uh, events will be returning to the air on May 21st at 9 p.m. on Showtime. So get ready for lots of lots of cherry pie and coffee and so we're going to turn up the the theme song here we go that very recognizable theme song composed by longtime david lynch collaborator angelo badalamenti this is the theme from twin peaks that you can check the third season of that premiering may 21st at 9 p.m on showtime this is Gretchen Clausing. You're listening to Pulling Focus here on WPPM. Thanks for tuning in and look forward to having you join me next time as we put film, culture, and media images in the foreground. Thanks for listening. <laughs>